Welcome to the Financial Leverage Point, hosted by John Iannucci, founder and CEO of ILG Private Wealth. In this podcast, we dive deep into the world of financially successful families. We offer candid advice on how to navigate the maze of strategies and products designed to protect, grow, and transition your wealth to your family, friends, and the causes you care deeply about. Join John and his guest experts as they unveil the crucial elements of comprehensive tax, estate, business succession, and financial planning. Strategies designed to give you sleep through the night confidence while maintaining a steady flow of wealth for you and your heirs. It may start out as until death do you part, but a parting of the ways can occur in a marriage much earlier than that, leading to some drastic changes in life plans, including retirement. I'm Patrice Sikora with your host, Johnny Anucci. Uh, John, the impact of a split, well, it can be pretty dramatic, correct? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, for anybody who's gone through a divorce, they know how stressful a divorce can be emotionally, how it impacts a family. Um, There's probably very few things that are quite as stressful. Death and divorce are, I think, considered to be the two most stressful life situations that you can go through. Yep, true. Okay. We know that divorce affects about 50% of married couples, maybe even more. Right. But how is it a critical financial planning event? Well, you know, sometimes I'll say to people, you know, like, it's it's not taxes or market volatility or the fear of outliving your money. Well, actually, it's all of those things. Mm-hmm. And when combined with one of the most emotionally traumatic events that you can experience, you know, divorce can be financially devastating. And so it's critically important um, as a part of that process to have a qualified, independent, level-headed professional that can really work at helping you plan the financial aspects of a divorce. All right, you know, you're saying plan the financial aspects, but right. do you, when do you get this advisor? Do you get them before? Do you get them during? Do you wait until the divorce is final? Never, absolutely <laughs> never wait that long. You know, the problem I think stems from the fact that oftentimes one of the spouses will have sacrificed an advanced education or career opportunities to raise children or care for elderly parents. And, you know, the, the parties to the marriage might determine that's, it may be best for one spouse to support the other spouse's career for one reason or another. And so after years and oftentimes decades of a marriage, a divorce can really leave the financially dependent spouse in an extremely vulnerable position. And the financial concerns of a dependent spouse are compounded by the fact that a divorce is so overwhelmingly emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, you can readily conclude that without extensive financial planning, in partnership with a financial advisor that has real deep experience with the fin- the complex particular financial aspects of a divorce a dependent spouse can be financially devastated in just a short few years after the divorce but what's really important is that they integrate that financial advisor early on in the process Right. It's 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 not enough to integrate that financial advisor, broker, financial planner, you know, later on. They they have to take charge and start helping that client early on in the process. If they wait until the divorce is final, oftentimes bad financial decisions are made 
that the client has to live with and that the financial advisor can't rectify. So it's it's vitally important to include that that financial advisor early on in the process. Well, then what does the divorce lawyer do? You know, I think that's the misconception that a lot of people have. And, and while a select few divorce lawyers really do attempt to provide sophisticated financial advice as a part of that complex divorce, they really don't have the time or the expertise to focus on those complex tax, financial, and post-divorce retirement needs of a dependent spouse. You know, I want to make something clear. It, I've been a tax and estate planning, business succession planning lawyer in private practice for well over 40 years now, and I'm not criticizing the family law bar. They wrestle with incredibly highly complex, emotionally charged issues on a daily basis. You, you can understand issues ranging from child custody, child support, mm-hmm. claims of domestic abuse, a narcissistic opposing spouse, wasting and hiding marital assets. And th- that list is just, it goes on and on. They must argue, you know, constantly argue complex motions and represent their clients at trial and depose op- opposing parties. You know, the, the best family law lawyers must and do develop an incredible expertise in the areas of family law litigation. So it's no wonder why they simply don't have the bandwidth necessary to develop that required financial expertise. The absolute best divorce lawyers are thrilled to hand off that portion of the case to an experienced financial advisor. Yeah, I can understand that. So talk mm-hmm. about why it's so important that you get the right financial advisor involved mm-hmm. early on. Sure. So, you know, first, regardless of the circumstance, a divorce is never easy and a divorce creates an enormous amount of chaos in every aspect of one's life. That chaos will very often cause, and in my experience, I've seen it multiple times, it can cause a dependent spouse to make demands in connection with the division of marital assets that simply don't make good long-term financial sense. You know, there are decisions and demands that can be motivated by, understandably motivated by anger and frustration and spite without recognizing and thinking through the long-term financial impact of those decisions. Right. You're talking about the emotions again. Yeah. Have you got an example? I I do. I have multiple examples, but let me give you one real world example. One of my clients will refer to as Mary was married to an incredibly financially successful entrepreneur. And she was hell-bent on having their marital home and a vacation home in Hilton Head allocated to her in the division of their assets. And several of her advisors really reinforced her rationale. They, they were supporting her, I think, because of that emotional need. She wanted the marital home, understandably, because two of her four children could finish high school. She wanted to stay in that home so they could stay in the same school mm-hmm. district. And that was a sincere consideration on her part. But she also wanted the vacation home, and she rationalized that demand because she had spent countless hours decorating the home. She loved vacationing there with her children. But when I interviewed her, she eventually acknowledged that she wanted that vacation home because she knew her husband loved the home and would likely spend time there with his Mm. new girlfriend. So you can see it it was in part, in major part, motivated by that emotional aspect. Really you know, in part out of spite, but both the marital home and the vacation home were beautiful homes and they were valued more than a million dollars each. So she was really surprised when her estranged husband was quick to capitulate to those demands. Hmm. She, What she didn't realize, however, 
What she hadn't analyzed and nobody had analyzed on her behalf was the total cost of owning and maintaining those homes, right? While she, while she was entitled to alimony for some period of time, and what most clients don't understand is in most states, there's no such thing as permanent alimony. She didn't realize that the cost of owning and maintaining those homes would have consumed an incredible portion, a very large portion of her alimony. Essentially, owning the homes didn't support her retirement or future needs at all. And in actuality, as you can imagine, owning those homes actually represented a significant recurring expense. And when she had any unplanned expense to replace a furnace or a roof or pay a special assessment on her HOA fees, she was really in financial trouble. Well, ask any homeowner. Yeah, the costs there do not go away. <laughs> they do not. Right. right. I'm sure her right. divorce attorney said, "Look, have you listened, thought about all, all of this? And, and really, do you really want those homes? It might not be a good idea. You know, no. In fact, just the opposite. You know, while I was discussing my concerns with her demands to have those properties as part of her division of marital assets, her lawyer actually pulled me aside. And he felt like the negotiations were dragging out and he wanted to conclude the case. Litigation lawyers, regardless of the type of litigation, are, are all focused on concluding the case and moving on to the next case. And it really shocked me that one of his comments were something like, don't stress out too much on the division of assets. She'll be rare, remarried to another rich guy within five years. Can you oh, imagine? Wow. No, that's no, that's bad. Yeah. And, and, you know, her divorce lawyer was a very prominent, expensive, highly sought after lawyer. He had a reputation for zealously representing his clients. But when it came to the division of marital assets, he was happy to make and pursue the demands that his clients wanted without counseling her on the potential financial difficulties of those demands. He just was out there doing what she wanted because that enhanced his reputation. Tell me this was just a one-time event though. I, I wish, you know, my experience with that kind of attitude within the family law bar wasn't limited to one attorney. And I personally experienced numerous lawyers that believe their fiduciary duty lies with representing and promoting the demands of their clients. They fully acknowledge that they're not financial advisors, retirement planners, or tax experts. In fact, I've even seen a number of very successful divorce lawyers include specific provisions within their engagement agreement that clearly spells out the fact that they don't provide financial planning or retirement planning advice in connection with the divorce. Hmm. Well, they're upfront about it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So with that in mind, who does the, the, the dependent spouse turn to right. to integrate and a financial advisor. What about their mm -hmm. current financial advisor? Shouldn't they be helping out here? Patrice, right on. You just touched on the second reason why it's critical to integrate the right financial advisor into the divorce process. You know, it's unquestionably not appropriate to integrate their current financial advisor. I can't tell you how firmly I believe that it's critical that a client employ an independent qualified financial advisor that's new to the relationship. Just think about it. Her current financial advisor has a conflict of interest that he or she just simply can't resolve. True. It's like that quote we keep going back to, right? No man or woman can serve two masters. And in this case, particularly where the parties are attempting to divide one pot of assets that likely includes substantially more than their stocks and bonds, and where the parties most certainly have competing interests more times than not, that's a conflict of interest that they can't resolve, right? 
There's so many like moving parts that extend well beyond a couple's investments when it comes to financial aspects of a complex divorce. Candidly, issues and options that most brokers are actually prohibited from discussing with their clients. And the vast majority of investment advisors don't have the required expertise to discuss. Remember, no broker dealer that I'm aware of permits their brokers to provide tax advice to clients. Mm -hmm. The complexities may involve the valuation of a closely held business. They might include valuation and ongoing you know, expense calculations and assumptions associated with commercial and residential real estate. The list and type of marital assets that have to be considered are almost endless. Well, John, how did you get the experience uh, in assisting clients with these complex issues in high net worth you know, purposes? Yeah, you know, Patrice, it, it, it's I was blessed early in my career as a tax and estate planning attorney to be associated with one of the country's foremost divorce attorneys. His name is Stuart Barman, and Stu's retired now, but he was in many ways a pioneer of the family bar in in Pennsylvania. He had a very unique way, I think, of approaching complex divorces of high net worth clients. And while he had a team of excellent junior attorneys that argued child custody and child support matters and many of the other difficult, emotionally charged issues that surround a divorce, Stu explained to me that he treated a complex divorce like the separation of two successful business partners. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, you know, like the division of any ongoing successful business, he inventoried the couple's assets. He had them independently appraised and valued. Like all valuations, if he represented the dependent spouse, you know, he attempted to have those assets valued in a manner that benefited his client. You know, he characterized the income generated by the primary breadwinner, you know, that primary earner as a flow of income that was the result of a successful operation of Mm -hmm. a company, right? You know, both partners had a vested interest in that ongoing and future income. Essentially, the primary financial earner had an obligation to buy out the interest of the dependent spouse in the future income of that relationship, right? That's an interesting way to look at it. It really was. And, you know, once I fully understood how Stu treated the divorce like a division of of a business, I was able to develop strategies with his guidance in the beginning and plans that really address the future needs of our clients. I was able to strategically determine, you know, how and which assets provided the best financial outcome post-divorce for our client without any of the emotional baggage attached to a Mm -hmm. typical divorce, Right. I also learned how to present and discuss my thoughts in a way that successfully shifted my client's focus away from many of the emotionally driven demands, right, to a plan. So I got the client, I learned how to get the client at times to focus on which assets provided the best support post-divorce, right? That decades of experience focusing on those issues with complex divorces is simply never available to a stockbroker or, or a typical financial advisor. And they don't have any background in this to begin no, with. So how could they no. Right, exactly. They don't have it. And nine, 99 times out of 100, they don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But right. how does someone find the, these unique qualifications in, in an advisor? Well, you know, first of all, as always, they can reach out to me at wecanhelpyou.com. 
you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to provide any of our listeners with a free, no obligation consultation regarding the financial aspects of their divorce. And you notice that I didn't say a one hour consultation because this is one of the really rare instances in which we extend what I think is a special offer to our listeners. I simply can't provide a party to a divorce with a reasonable consultation in a one hour meeting. Mm-hmm. Right. In this circumstance, we schedule two separate one hour meetings. The first is to gather information and discuss the initial complexities of the divorce. It's, it's really where I get that client a chance to one, give me the financial information that I need and tax information that I need. But I also let them vent. I let them talk to me about the personal aspects of the divorce. But subsequent to that meeting, we really sit down and analyze the information that's provided. We schedule a second meeting to review our thoughts. You see, in this unfortunate situation, it's important for a divorce client to understand that a complex divorce is really a team effort. You know, our goal is to provide comprehensive, coordinated advice to our client and to coordinate those efforts with their divorce counsel. When you can provide the divorce counsel with clear direction relative to which assets and why, you know, they're thrilled to have us join the team. With more than 40 years real world private practice legal experience, they're thrilled to have another lawyer who has that mm-hmm. financial background as a part of their team. And our efforts are really designed to provide the client's legal counsel with that clear, concise goal that's focused on providing the client with a secure financial that they need and deserve post-divorce. And you're absolutely right. I can't see how a, a counsel, an attorney would would not want to have expert right. advice. Right. All right. Yeah. You know, they love being able to hand off the documentation relative to their inventory of marital assets and say, John, handle that aspect. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Work with the client. Get them to focus on the financial aspect, setting aside the emotional issues. You know, try to help them understand which assets are best because oftentimes Patrice will find it's best to waive an interest in a marital home or a vacation home and really focus on getting an assignment of their, their spouse's retirement plan through what's known as a quadro, a qualified domestic relations order, right? And in that, in doing that, a portion of their, their spouse's retirement assets can be segregated and managed by those clients for their future needs, right? So it's that kind of knowledge, background, and experience that really ultimately helps guide clients to understand which assets they should be focused on in a divorce and try to set aside their emotional demands for certain assets. It sounds like me, it sounds like you are trying to help them focus on proper goals. Absolutely. You know, it's it's really critical during those difficult times when they can come to somebody who has a clear level head without the emotional attachment, without the emotional chaos, and help them focus on what ultimately will lead to a successful retirement and um, one that is free from financial stress that helps them support their children if they have children going on, and that really recognizes their financial contribution to that marriage. Fantastic. John, once again, what is the website where people can reach you? 
it's pretty simple. We can help you.com. And if they reach out to talk to me and they let me know that they're in the process of, or they think that a divorce is imminent and what they really want is a financial consultation with respect to that divorce, we'll make certain that we schedule those two one-hour meetings so that we can really help them get their arms around the financial aspects of their divorce and um, hopefully get them on the right track. Listeners, follow or subscribe to this podcast. Follow up if you need John, wecanhelpyou.com, and make sure that you share this episode with people you know. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Financial Leverage Point. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. To contact John, check out the show notes where you'll find his contact information and useful resources from today's episode. Once again, thank you for listening. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of John Iannucci. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.